0: Okay, so this is part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for January 27th, 2008. And we're going to switch gears into a different subject in regard to the current economic crisis, the current um, devaluation of the dollar, how gold and silver are starting to go through the roof, and how this relates to the Amero, the coming North American Union, the coming one world government. Uh, Because people are really starting to panic about this right now. This is from a, news, a special news alert from Cutting Edge. And they start out by saying, Finally, global banking leaders confirm what Cutting Edge has been saying for years, that the severe crisis will be needed to allow the world to move into a global currency and a global economy. Now, see, that's the goal. We've got a one-world religion. We've got a one-world currency. We've got a one-world political system. One world cur- the, the whole nine yards, they've got to have all that happening. And this is going to be used to push us toward that. This article further demonstrates that the decline of the American dollar is planned, just as we've been stating for a long time. Now, this is from uh, a news brief from Carl T. Schribb, Chief Editor of Foreseen Change News, December 2007 edition. It's entitled, International Monetary Reform Usually Becomes Possible Only in Response to a Felt Need and the threat of a global crisis. So again, remember, controlled crisis produces controlled change. This is a big tenet of the Illuminati, where the one of the higher ranking Masonic degrees the se- 32nd or 33rd, is the thirty second or thirty third. Is Ordo Ab cow That's that's the actual motto of that particular degree, Ordo Ab cow, which means translated, order out of chaos. Okay, so we've got this chaotic situation right now with the money in America, there's nothing backing the money, there's really nothing been backing the money for a long, long time. There's no precious metals or anything like that. And it's really, not even really worth the paper it's printed off, if the truth be known. But this money is being devalued further and further. And out of this chaos that is being produced, they're going to bring this order, in this particular case, it's going to be a major tenet of the New World Order. So, a quote from Paul Volcker former chairman of the U.S. Federal Reserve, says, quote, a global economy requires a global currency. If you want a single world currency, this is from this man, oh no, actually, I'm sorry, this is from, I think it is from the same man. If you want a single world currency, it requires an international banking structure armed with a monetary policy on a planetary scale. Whoa, they're talking about planetary scales. So, again, let's reiterate that. If you want a single world currency, it requires an international banking structure and with a monetary policy on a planetary scale. Essentially, the requirement for a single global currency is a bank that has power over all countries, kindred, and tongues... The idea of a single global currency has been quietly batted around in banking and economist circles since the closing days of the Second World War. Over the years, this call has increased in intensity. In 2007, the Council on Foreign Relations propelled the idea of a planet-wide currency restructuring by publishing an article in its journal. Foreign Affairs, titled, The End of a National Currency. They, the Council of Foreign Relations have been very blatant about this. Oh, just so so you know, Rick Warren is a member of the Council of Foreign Relations. Rick Warren, the Pied Piper, the New Age uh, Christianity religion. Uh, this, The End of National Currency was actually on the cover of this Foreign Affairs issue. This was the main thing. It was on the cover. The article is a, was entitled, One World, Too Many Monies. End of quote. This is exactly what the Bible predicts. Now, the currency is eventually going to end up going into an absolutely total um, electronic mode, where everything is kept track of electronically. Well, how do you think the Mark of the Beast is going to be implemented if no man can't buy or sell without it? Because it's going to be electronic. It's going to be that chip in your right hand or your forehead, probably associated with also a tattoo. And I've done, whole, I've done two whole teachings on the Mark of the Beast you can reference just... Scroll through my teachings, and you'll find them. And this is how, this is what the one world currency is ultimately going to end up being. There's not going to be any official real currency. It's going to be electronic. The Bible says no man will be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. Okay? That's how it's going to end up. This is the precursor to that. Okay? Just so you know, the euro was the first precursor. Okay that was the test run over in Europe where we have several companies now having their one currency and guess what the euro is thriving the globalists are going to be able to point to the euro which they are saying look how good that currency is doing that we created you know the euro has has just is just done wonders against the dollar since we created it it's far more valuable than the average dollar this just thus proves they can point to this by and say, "Hey, listen. This is this is better. Look, we've we've tried the euro. It works. These individual monetary systems don't work. Look at what's happening to the almighty, powerful dollar." They're going to say, "I'm telling you, this is what they're doing, and it's it's how they're going to delude and deceive the nations and the um, the nations of the world." Now, quote Ben Steele, the director of the. This is from this article that we had originally quoted from. Um, this uh, international monetary reform usually becomes possible only in response to a felt need and the threat of a global crisis. One world, one money. This article, another quote from it says, Ben Steele, the director of the International Economics at the Council of Foreign Relations, which is one of the most wicked factions of the Illuminati, he wrote that national money systems should be abandoned. Since economic development outside the process of globalization is not longer possible. Why? Because you say so? That's a lie. Just because you say it doesn't make it the truth. Then he stated even more succinctly, Quote, monetary nationalism is simply incompatible with globalization. Well, that is true. Globalization meaning like the whole one world government they're, they're working for. But who wants that? They do. And in order to globalize safely, countries should abandon monetary nationalism and abolish unwanted currencies. End of quote. That's what they're saying. So I'm saying. I mean, if you've got the means now, the Bible talks about, you know, consider the end. Thou sluggard. You know, he he stores up his harvest in the winter, so, you know, these types are in the summer so that he has meat in the winter. So this is something that if God... Is giving you the the ability to do it. These are things you want to be at least praying about, okay? If nothing else, remember the Bible says, "The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished." So there's now get and, and you don't want to get obsessed with it either. Where where you build your life around this fear thing? Where oh, what am I going to do? God's not going to no. That's not faith, okay? I'm talking about being practical as well, okay? And and there's Bible to, to support that. So if we go further, it says, this concept to abolish unwanted currencies is precisely the goal. In fact, New Age author Bill Cooper revealed that many global crises were planned as far back as 1970. Now, Bill Cooper did call himself a Christian, but he said a lot of other things that didn't seem so Christian. So, um... He said that many global, global crises were planned as far back as 1917. Uh, this is a quote from his book, Be, Behold a Pale Horse, page 27. The secret societies were planning as far back as 1917 to invent an artificial threat from outer space in order to bring humanity together in a one-world government, which they call the New World Order. Isn't that what we've been talking about for a lot of months I'm not saying that because I think I'm so smart and whatever. I'm just saying that, remember what I said before, World War III, we have this polarizing event. Imagine if in conjunction with World War III, at the end of World War III, we had the Antichrist making his appearance. Him and his ascended masters, and all of the, quote, space brethren... Do you think that all these sightings about UFOs and all this other stuff about how we're having this alien stuff shoved down our throat constantly on, you know, on the news? The other day, there was a news report, and this was reported by MSNBC uh, and three other major news news networks, that there was a mile-wide UFO that was flying over Texas with F-17s chasing it. And there was tons of people that saw it. I sent out the report in my, in my newsletter. This was not... They were, they were interviewing people. There was other things that they were interviewing about, too, in regard to UFOs. Isn't that kind of like right on cue with this quote that I just read? With the increased sightings of, of the UFOs and the other things? This is part of the strong delusion that's coming. I watched a video by a guy named Bob Lazar last night on UFOs. The guy was supposedly actually worked at Area 51. He worked in a super-secret part of the lower part of Area 51 called S-4, in a dry lake bed called Papoose Lake. And he actually claims that he worked on one of the nine crafts they had in these hangars that were built into the side of a mountain. He readily acknowledges what he didn't see, but he'll readily acknowledge what he did see. The man is absolutely brilliant. You can't take that away from him. And he was briefed in many ways on different things within this structure. Briefed on the aliens, briefed on the UFOs. He goes into this big, gigantic, long uh, dissertation on how these crafts are propelled. The fuels that they use, the method of propulsion. It was unbelievable. I actually watched this thing and totally understood everything that he was saying because he puts it in such simplistic terms. But, all that aside, at the very end, he started getting into the fact that the aliens said that, listen, we've been here for 10,000 years, we can produce proof of that, we actually created you through a process of evolution, Through oh, it was like 33 steps through evolution, we actually created you and improved mankind. Do you understand? This is called the ancient astronaut theory. This is going to be part of the of the one world, new world order, religion lie that the Antichrist is going to bring to the table. And if you doubt this, please go to my, my teachings I've done on the ascended masters, on Lord Maitreya, on the UFOs. All these things. Bible says, Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What was going on in the days of Noah? What was the main thing going on? The sons of God saw the daughters of men, saw that they were fair, took them to be wives, and from this procreation they produced these giants, or these Nephilim, or these fallen ones. The Bible says it's going to be the same way today. Why aren't any preachers preaching on this? I believe, and I, there's PDF files associated with every one of these teachings you can go to get further documentation. Now I know I got off on a, on a rabbit trail tangent there, but it applies to this. Because he said right here, the secret societies were planning as far back as 1917 to invent an artificial threat from outer space in order to bring humanity to get together in a one-world government, which they call the New World Order. Now, Ronald Reagan made a speech in front of the United Nations. I just saw the quote the other day. I saw the actual film footage where he basically said, I just come to think how quickly we would lay aside all of our differences, and I'm paraphrasing, if we had a global... a, a threat from outer space, how globally, how quickly we would put aside our our petty differences, and we would unite as one. But see, they're going to come, he's going to come with all lying signs and wonders, and they're going to come with such apparent power, and not only that, our leadership is actually in cahoots with them anyway. People are going to, their hearts are going to faint them for fear. They're going to go along with the Delusion. And the churches haven't done anything to prepare the churches the, their their people they've done nothing to prepare their people for the strong delusion that's coming nothing And the Bible clearly predicts it's going to happen Scary stuff Scary the Bible says if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect we have to ask yourself: Is it possible for you to be deceived, even if you are saved? Yeah, it's possible. Sure, sure it is. Well, that's why it's good to know about this stuff, lest Satan get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices, as the Bible says. Do you want Satan to get an advantage of you? Do you want to be destroyed for lack of knowledge? Now, is this knowledge what saves you? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not equating this with salvation. But if you're content in believing a lie, and there's no there's no truth that you're embracing. That's a scary position to be in. Why? Why, why would you say that? Because in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says God's going to send a strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth. What is the main strong delusion God's going to permit to happen? The one world coming, new world order of the Antichrist. And this whole thing that I'm talking about today is part of that. So, if we go further, further, the globalists are currently scaring the people of the world with multiple global crises. Just to ensure that their goal of a global government, economy, and religion is realized. Please take a few moments to read the five major created global disasters are being constantly preached to. um, This is the title of this article. The five major created global disasters are being constantly preached to the world as reasons to form the global world, new world order. And they have a little link there. I'll try to, I'll try to make this um, webpage available in a link format that you can click into and read. Now, I don't agree with everything cutting edge gets into. I don't agree with their stance on the King James Bible. I've made that very, very clear. But there are some things that they, I believe, are on the cutting edge of. I believe it confirms my research and a lot of other things in the Bible. So, if we go further, and once you understand that this, is the global, that this is a global currency is one of the most important goals to the Illuminati, then the actions of the world currencies in your daily news become more understandable. This is how they manipulate us, particularly economically. If they can control the, the currency, most people are going to do whatever it takes in order to ensure that their currency is not threatened. Because that's how they control people, primarily, through economics. But now we get into the issue of the American dollar. This is going back to the article. To Steele's credit, he pinpoints the potential chink in the world economy that could lead us towards a new financial arrangement. The weakening state of the dollar at the global level. Over the decades, the U.S. dollar has become the unquestionable global currency. Steele writes, the dollar's privileged status as today's global money is not heaven bestowed. The dollar is ultimately just another money supported only by the faith that others will willingly accept accept it in the future in return for the same sort of valuable things it brought in the past, end of quote. Well, the reason he says that it's purely um, the dollar's privileged status today um, ultimately... The dollar is ultimately just another money supported only by the faith that others have in it. Well, that's really true. Because there's nothing backing the money. In 1933, they took us off the gold standard. And as of 1968, they took all silver out of the coins. So there was nothing really monetary backing the money anymore. That's a whole other subject to get into. But the U.S. dollar was considered the global currency. Now it's much more the euro. And do you know all the stuff that Bush is doing over here in the Middle East? How he's stirring the kind of, that hornet's nest with the Muslims? Iran, there was an article that I put out right ways back called the Iranian Oil Bourse, where Iran officially said, you know what, we're not going to support the dollar anymore. And I'm not defending Iran, okay, don't, don't give me that, don't, don't say I'm doing that. But I'm saying, they said, we are not going to denominate our oil sales in dollars anymore. We're and there's other Arab countries that have already done this. We're going to denominate in euros. Well, there's really a lot more Muslims in Europe too. I can understand why they would want to use that currency. And because of their hatred for America, which is no secret... But they're denominating their oil sales. Iran, who sells tons of oil, and this is the reason that Bush wants Iran, a big reason, so he can get its oil, just like he got Iraq and Afghanistan. Iran is actually between Iraq and Afghanistan, and if he has all three, then he has the, the pipeline right out of there. Cheney's an oil man. Bush is an oil man. Cheney was the CEO of Halliburton. Bush has been an oil man. It's a whole other subject, but again. So they've already started denominating oil sales in Euros. That every time another country starts to do that, it further devalues and weakens the dollar. So if we go further, does this attitude toward the American dollar by the Council on Foreign Relations mean that the steady fall of the dollar during the Bush administration is pre planned? Doubt it not. If you still doubt that this is the case, simply read carefully the next quote, which is quote: all of this underscores, and this is from this original article we're talking about, all of this underscores a strategic reality that can be summed up in three words: crisis equals opportunity. That's why wars are fomented and created. Crisis equals opportunity. Do you know that the the war that was fought, World War One, World War Two, the same. Heavy-duty heads of the Illuminati at the highest levels were funding both sides of the war. They owned companies that were selling, you know, to both sides of the war. Selling oil, and these types of things. They made profits off this, off the death of others. And they view those deaths as deaths to Lucifer. Which, they're further accomplishing their goal. They're getting rich, a lot of people are dying at the same time. The Luciferians love it. It's how they practice their religion. I know that sounds crazy, but that's how they practice their religion. If you were depraved at the highest level, wouldn't it be that what you were doing? Well, if you follow Satan to the ultimate end, which is what these 13 families and these people that are involved in Council Foreign Relations and Bilderbergers, these are depraved, sick, sadistic, perverse individuals because they are of their father, the devil. So it shouldn't surprise us that they would do such a thing. So if we go further, uh, all of this underscores a strategic reality that can be summed up in three words, crisis equals opportunity, as banking mogul A.W. Clausen of the Clausen pickle fame. No, just kidding. Sorry about that. I just interjected there. A.W. Clausen once said, quote, New comprehensive political economic systems across across peoples almost always arise out of conquest or common crisis. I think that was a misquote. A.W. Clausen said, New comprehensive political-economical systems almost always arise out of the conquest or common crisis. He said it right there. Order out of chaos. Which is the motto of the Illuminati, essentially. Order out of chaos. They create the problem, then they have the answer to fix the problem. This is called the dialectic process. Occultists have long taught the dialectic process as essential to bringing about great change. This concept has two elements. One, conflicts brings, conflict brings about change. Two, controlled conflict brings about controlled change. Leaders all across the globe are driving their people into the New, new World Order, and they are united in a plan which calls for conflict all across the board. Armed conflict, verbal conflict economic turmoil, all are being used to bring about these dramatic changes. Everything that we see on TV and the nightly news and all, most of it is just there for our benefit. They're control like, Democrat-Republican. They're controlling both sides. They already know who's going to win. They've already predetermined that. They've already got the electronic voting machines that are totally easily rigged. It's been proven their 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 software's corrupt. That Diebold actually, which is the main electronic voting machine, actually donated a hundred thousand dollars to Bush's campaign. You don't think that's a conflict of interest? The last election we had two skull and bonesers running against each other. Kerry and Bush, Skull and Bonesers of the Yale, which is like, you know, the Masons on steroids. You think they didn't already have that 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 d- predetermined? And then you had the 2000 election, where you had him running against Gore, and Gore supposedly won, and there was all these terrible paper ballots that caused all the problem. Remember the Hanging Chad debacle? The Hanging Chads? Remember that? Anyway, I, I just like how it sounds, the Hanging Chad debacle. But anyway, remember that? Well, that was to get us away from using a paper ballot, because the paper ballots were demonized through that election. So we would go to electronic voting, which is totally rigged. I just saw a video the other day, I've seen this twice, of this guy going, and he was appointed by the senator to write a program. He went before a judge and all this panel of people, and he he gave all of his credentials. The guy was not lying, and he said, you know, Listen, I was paid to write a program, a software program, that would rig the votes. It would flip the votes any way you want. I could flip it 49-51, whatever you wanted to do. Without a paper ballot, there's no... there is nothing to prevent against that. And even paper ballots, they found ways to corrupt. It's just a lot less hassle for them. So this whole thing with the election, Democrat-Republican, give me a break. It's all been predetermined. As far as I can see, they've already appointed an anointed Hillary. I hope I'm wrong, okay? But, and this is something that we should be praying about. Praying about. That's the only thing I can see... But again, God's going to send a strong delusion. So you pray in accordance with God's will. Jesus said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He asked if it were possible in the Garden of Gethsemane, if it be possible, this cup could pass from me. But he said, he ended the prayer by saying, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. If I must suffer, he had to do it. So, you know, if we go further, Leaders all across the globe are driving their people into the new world order, and they are united in a plan which calls for conflict all across the board. If you are still not convinced, read this final quote: Robert Mundell, the father of the euro, okay, father of the euro, and one of the world's most respected economists, also views crisis as the starting point for change. In May of 2007, um, he lectured. Mundell said, "Quote." International monetary reform usually becomes possible only in response to a felt need and the threat of a global crisis. Well, when the dollar's going down the drain, that creates a felt need. If the dollar doesn't have any purchasing power, that's going to create a big-time felt need among Americans in particular, obviously. This Nobel Prize winner also pointed his finger to the possible trigger event, saying that the global crisis would have to involve the dollar. Boy, he's really being pretty open. And that a world currency should be viewed as a contingency to the global dollar disaster. I don't think it's going to be a world currency quite yet. I think we're going to have the Amero first, and then a one world currency. And then we're just going to have it all electronic, most likely. This quote cannot make the situation any more plain. A plan is in place for the American dollar to to come to disaster or near disaster for the only purpose of creating a world currency. I've heard other other countries like, I don't know if it was Brazil or Venezuela, where when their economy and their currency crashed, you know, you can have a, a wheelbarrow full of money, you can even buy a loaf of bread. It can get that bad. Okay, I'm not going to say it's going to get that bad, but it it may. Uh, Lord knows we deserve the judgment, in America in particular, as wicked as this place is. I know this isn't what Smiley Joe Osteen, or Benny Hinn, or any of the TBN guys are preaching this morning. I know I'm probably not in lockstep with them. This would probably be highly offensive to them, and their congregations. Well, the Bible says in Galatians 4.16, Am I therefore become your enemy, because I tell you the truth? Most of the time that's the case. Did Jesus become the enemy to a lot like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because he told them the truth? In their eyes they did. Did the apostles do the same thing afterward, In the martyrs? Were they enemies of those people that persecuted them and murdered them? Yeah. Why? Because he told them the truth. What did they do to Stephen when he told them the truth? Basically the first martyr after Jesus Christ. What did they do to him? He gave him a boatload of truth. They took him out and stoned him. Well, the truth is painful. The truth is normally never fun. You know? But does that make it any less the truth? I I feel like a poet. Yet I don't know it. Sorry. Sorry about that. Anyway, um. Let's see here. We have been teaching now for a long time the American dollar is planning to go into a steep decline. So a world currency or perhaps a regional currency like the Amero can be established. Just before all Americans lose every dollar asset they own, some brilliant economists will step toward to propose a switch to a regional or a global currency. Americans will breathe a sigh of relief as they realize that the switch to the new currency will preserve their monetary assets and their way of life. Remember what I was telling you? It's going to be done in a very attractive way. Just like they're marketing the, the microchip now to people for Alzheimer's patients, lest they wander out of their nursing home into the streets. What way we can track them. We, you can get your dogs and cats a microchip that do, feels very, very attractive. But do you understand it's all conditioning in us mentally. They can track you. I hate those OnStar systems they have on cars. They can track you that way. or well, They can track you on your cell phone too. They can triangulate your position with cell phones the same way. Just as a little side note, if it ever gets really bad, and you're like, fleeing for your life, take your cell phone and take the battery out of it. Because if you have the battery in and the cell phone's off, they can still track you. Just so you know. you got to take the battery out. And you may want to do this. You may want to go to Walgreens and get yourself a phone. Or one of these drug stores. Get yourself a phone, that, uh, like one of those track phones or one of those. It's not traceable to you. Keep it for that situation, maybe. Eh, just a little side note thing you might want to consider. I'm not saying live your life in fear. I'm saying if you're so compelled to prepare, these are just some things you might want to think about. I really need to do a whole teaching on preparation. Um, I did a 14-city tour in the Avion Flu uh, two Mays ago. And um, I got into a lot of preparedness stuff there. What I really think I need to do is another teaching not so much teed on the avion flu somewhat, but also giving some more preparatory things that we can do, because people are wanting to know. And um, I kind of wanted to do this teaching and actually put it up on Google or YouTube, where you actually had slides you could use. I've I've already kind of got it pre-done. It's just a matter of having the time to get it done. So I'm working on that. Um, Hopefully I'll be able to get that up sometime in the near future. So if we go further... Let's see here. What can avert such a global calamity? Steele has the answer too. Okay, this guy that wrote this article. He says, quote, in order to avert the crisis, uh, have I been going for an hour and a half? How could I have been going for an hour and a half? Okay, I know what I did false alarm there i'm going to split these two sermons up I, I, I neglected to split my last sermon so i'm going to do that so if you're listening to this pay no attention to this little part so anyway um, if we go further still has the answer too in order to avert that crisis all nations need all nations need to do is to relinquish sovereignty before the problem becomes insurmountable Oh, I'm so glad he's got such a great solution. Let's relinquish the sovereignty of our nation. Why don't we just form one world religion? That's what the United Nations have been pushing for. That's what the one world religion of the Antichrist has to happen. That's what Lord Matreya wants. That's what all these global leaders want. We have to relinquish our sovereignty before the problem becomes insurmountable. Because they're creating the problem, and they're going to make it insurmountable. God's letting it happen. Governments must let go of the fatal notion that nationhood requires them to make and control the money used in that territory. That terrible national currency. It's a terrible, wicked thing. National currencies and global markets simply do not mix. Why? Because if we have a global market, we all want to use the same currency. We don't want to have to worry about exchange rates and all this other stuff. It's too much of a bother. Together, they make uh, now, this is national currencies and global markets. Do not mix. Together they make a deadly brew of, cur- of currency crisis and geopolitical tension. A deadly brew. Wow. What a quote. So now we know the truth. They have to do away with the dollar. It's going. It's a matter of time. I'm telling you. Now, what's happened this week? What's, what's happening? As the dollar devalues, gold and silver is going through the roof. Silver was like at 9.06. They're predicting it's going to be like $1,500 by the end of um, the year. Silver, or the gold was at 9.06. Silver was, I don't know, 16.40? That is like tripled in the last three years. Gold's more than doubled. Okay. See, gold and silver are real currencies. They're always going to have value. There's nothing you can do to devalue gold and silver. They're always going to have intrinsic value. Paper money has no intrinsic value, especially if there's no gold and silver backing it. And there hasn't been in this country for, for decades. The dollar is systematically being devalued. Gold and silver are true currencies. Now, I'm not saying sell everything you got and put it all on gold and silver. Do as the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Okay. Why do you think gas is going through the roof, particularly in America? Well, as the, as the currency goes down, we have less buying power. As the currency is devalued, other things like commodities like oil and gas start to go up. Particularly, they're using gas to put the squeeze on us. That's what they're doing. And then when they cut the, um, the interest rates, which we're going to talk about that in a second. I'm not going to get to that yet. I'll save that. So if we go further, remember the plan is to create enough economic distress that the economies and the currencies of the world can be melded into one global economy and currency. No collapse will occur before the planned 91-day war of World War III. Now, David Bay is convinced there's going to be a 91-day war. Now, this is from Albert Pike. Albert Pike's prophecies of the Illuminati in order to... and Albert Pike was the highest-ranking Freemason in the 1800s. He was a Confederate war general. He is the only general that has a statue of him erected inside the city limits of Washington, D.C. A Confederate war general that has a statue of himself. The man was pure evil. Pure evil. He said right in Morals and Dogma, in the occult edition, that they worship Lucifer. And that they were to communicate that fact to the 30th, 31st, 32nd, and 33rd degrees. Chick has a track that gets into this. He communicated that to them. He was obvious. Okay? So, this Albert Pike prophesied a long time ago. This was the plan. A 91-day war of World War III. They've already had the first two world wars, which he predicted. These are designed to produce the Masonic Christ. The Antichrist. That's why I keep saying, out of the ashes of World War III, we're going to have the Antichrist coming. He's going to be the guy that has all the answers. And again, are the churches preparing their people for this? I don't see it happening. I'm sorry. Now, I understand. My ministry is very unique. I'm not a pastor. I never claimed to be a pastor. I'm a teacher and a watchman. Okay, my ministry is not what everyone else's ministry is, obviously. Okay, and I'm not saying there's no there's there there's um no place for all these other ministries where you get really let's say some really good preaching and these types of things. This is my niche. This is what God's called me to do. We're part of the body of Christ. Everybody has a unique calling. Okay? So I'm not saying that you should rely on my teachings in regard to everything, okay? Get godly sound advice. Read your Bible, pray. Don't follow man, I tell you. Don't follow me, because man will fail you. In fact, I had a lady tell me that this last week. She she left a comment on my Osteen sermon, something to the effect of um, I was pro, I was pronouncing Osteen instead of Osteen, and she says truly the Bible is you know correct as man will fail you. I thought well, it's kind of being a little hard on me. I thought, but you know, hey, I mean, yeah, I guess I failed her. <laughs> so. I'm really serious i 'm not lying about what I just said <laughs> well if if that 's the worst I failed somebody i you know i 'm sure I've failed other people a lot worse, but you know <laughs> so anyway um, after the short World War three is completed, the individual economies of the world will be resurrected into a global economy with a global currency in essence that 's what 's going to happen now. If we go to the next story, speculation was rife on the world's markets overnight that the Federal Reserve Board will aggressively cut interest rates in an emergency meeting today. This news brief was from the dollar declines against the euro and speculation Fed will cut rate today. Treasury notes gaining the most since September 11, 2001. This is from Bloomberg News, January 22nd. This is very current. The dollar fell against the euro on speculation... A stock market route will force the Federal Reserve to make an emergency interest rate cut today. Futures show traders are increasing bets on the Fed, cutting its benchmark rate by 75 basis points to 3.5 by January 30th. Now note that, that one of the effects of such a rate cut is to further weaken the American dollar. Because when they make these rate cuts, it causes hyperinflation. When you have hyperinflation, you have less buying power. So although it may stimulate the economy for a tiny bit, it's not fixing the problem at all. You can't fix something that's irretrievably broken. There's nothing backing the money. This is is a whole system of unjust scales and balances. The whole monetary system, particularly in America, is totally unjust scales and balances. And what does God say about unjust scales and balances in the book of Proverbs and Psalms? He abhors them. He says it over and over and over again. That's an abomination. When God says something more than once in Scripture, you might want to pay a little... I mean, if He says it once, you pay attention. But if He says it, like, over and over again, you really want to pay attention to it. That's what, that's what we've got in America. And if you're in a big mortgage right now, and if you're financed, you're financed everything up to the gills, that is unbiblical. The borrower is slave to the lender. And if we get into this hyperinflationary economy, and you're trying to make ends meet, you're not going to be able to make your payments anymore. Does that mean I'm judging you? No, I've fallen into the same trap in the past. Okay, I'm not judging. I'm just saying it's biblical. The borrower is slave to the lender. Oh, no man, anything. The word mortgage means death contract. Mort, meaning mortuary. Mortality is where we get that word from. Gage, contract. It's a death contract. Most most people are in a mortgage until death. It's unbiblical. I'm just stating facts here. I'm not being trying to be mean. I'm just, you know... If there's any way you can get out of that scenario, I would get out of it. Do I love you enough to tell you the truth? Am I preaching as much to myself as I am to you? Yes. Okay? Now, interest rates were indeed cut aggressively, and before the American stock market opened, U.S. interest rates were cut by 0.75%. It's just as they said was going to happen. Interest rates were slashed by three quarters of a percentage today. The U.S. Federal Reserve said it was reducing its key federal fund rate to 3.5%. The emergency cut was the biggest single reduction for 26 years. It came an hour before Wall Street was even due to open. For the first time in three days. Remember what former Satanist Doc Marquis, who actually I've corresponded with on the phone, and we've done some mail correspondence, former Satanist Doc Marquis told him in 92... Now this is like hearing from somebody on the inside. Doc Marquis was born a generational Luciferian. He was part of the Illuminati. Okay? He said as to what he, th- what he was taught while he was still in the coven, the witch coven, he said that the Illuminati was so convinced that Americans would never allow themselves to be maneuvered into a new world order if they felt economically threatened That a plan called for the American economy to remain sufficiently high that American citizens would continue to feel prosperous right up until the beginning shot fired in World War III. What a better plan. Lull all the sheep to sleep. And the pastors are helping out with that, particularly the Christian end. And the media is helping out with the other end. Hey, everything's great. Bye, bye, bye. Don't worry about it. Just get drunk. Go out and party. Have a good time. Live and let go. Isn't that what the media says? Hey, get consumed with, with sports and get and get get just totally, you know, believe everything you you're taught in the nightly news and the newspapers. Take your drugs to numb your mind to escape from reality. Hey, these are prescription drugs. They're they're real or take recreational drugs. That way you can really escape reality. Get addicted to them. Get demon possessed. Isn't that the plan of the new world order? Why? Because a Weak, pathetic population is very easy to manipulate and control. They don't want strong sheep. They want weak ones. Weak, sickly. Look at the health of people. The obesity epidemic in America alone. I'm sorry! They're putting terrible things in the body. They're putting 52 octane in their tank and they're expecting to run like great. So I'm sorry, but that's, that's the way it goes. That's what they want. And it's all been designed, it's all been set up by the Illuminati. Cutting Edge has maintained this position throughout the economic difficulties in the 1990s and so far in this new century. We believe this is a real plan to sow enough economic distress which will allow them to successfully move the world into the global economy without triggering an economic collapse. That's what they're going to do. Now, the last part of this, and we'll end here, the new British Prime Minister issued a most important clarion call to leaders of the world, stating that the time has now arrived for governments and economic institutions to go global. What better time to announce it? As the dollar crumbles, hey, he used a recent economic banking scandal as proof that such a globalization is now required. Oh, like, it, we're going to be so much more uh, less prone to corruption under globalization. I'm sure that's going to happen. It's going to be more corrupt. It's going to be the most corrupt government that's ever been. Antichrist at the head? If the head is sick, the body's sick? <laughs> Come on, do the math. It, it's, it's obvious. It's going to be way worse. British Prime Minister Brown calls for the, for the New World Order. He has called for a radical reform of international institutions ranging from the United States to the World Bank. This was reported by Channel 4 News 21, January of 2000, or January 21st, 2008. The Prime Minister has called for a ra- radical reform of international institutions ranging from the United Nations to the World Bank. In a speech to business leaders in the Indian capital of New Delhi, Mr. Brown said the UN Secretary Council should be expanded to include places such as India. And the International Monetary Fund should have a new early warning role to head off the crises such as Northern Rock. The Northern Rock banking scandal in Great Britain has caused nearly as much economic panic as the subprime mortgage crisis has in the United States. The reality is that the same plan of creating an economic crisis so that the institution so the institution can be globalized is being carried out in key western countries throughout the world. Remember, they create the crisis, and then they say, oh, globalization is the solution. Globalization meaning basically the one world government. Or in this particular case, the one world economic system. When the time comes for globalization, plan to be implemented, all the institutions of all the countries must ready to be go, must ready must be ready to go into the change. Hence, the crises are being created in key countries throughout the world. The British Prime Minister then goes directly to the bottom line, where he says, quote, To succeed now, the post-war rules of the game and the post-war international institutions must be radically reformed to fit our world of globalization. Whoa, he's not pulling any punches. Mr. Brown went on to suggest all countries strengthen networks of global law enforcement authorities. Oh, the global police. Huh. Intelligence agents, police, and financial regulators in a bid to combat terrorism worldwide. Oh, it's always under the guise of the terrible terrorists. Most of which we've funded in some way, shape, or form. That's a whole other study. We believe that this speech is one of the most important in the post-war war, World War II era. and may be very it may, may very well represent a true watershed event to drive us to globalization. So I'm going to go ahead and end there. And I'll close us out with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that you've given us. I pray, God, that your truth would go forth this day, Lord God, wherever your word, wherever your truth is being preached worldwide. I do pray, God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins that we've committed in any way, shape, or form. In the name of Jesus Christ, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. I just pray, Lord God, for those listening to this broadcast, that blind eyes would be opened, ears would hear, and you'd give them hearts to receive. I pray, God, that your name be mightily glorified through the body of Christ, that many would be saved as a result of the efforts of the body of Christ, Lord God. I pray, God, that our unsaved family members and the unsaved people that may be listening to this would get saved, Lord. For it's you will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. In the name of Jesus Christ, I do pray, God, that you would hide us from the secret counsel of the wicked, and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, as Psalm 64 talks about. Who wet their tongue like a bow, and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune of laying of snares privily. They say, Who shall see them? They search out iniquities. They accomplish a diligent search. Both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear, and shall declare the work of God. For they shall wisely consider of His doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord, and shall trust in Him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. Now Lord, we don't pray that these people be judged and dealt with because we want revenge. Because we want to see them go to hell. But Lord God, You know the beginning from the end. In the name of Jesus Christ... You gave us these imprecatory prayers. And I pray, God, that if they are just going to continue in their wickedness, if they're going to continue to take people to hell, that they would be removed, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. And that is your business, Lord. That all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of His doing, and that many would be saved as a result of your judgment coming. And that many Christians would get right with you as a result of your judgment coming. And that all men would see and fear you, and not fear man. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.